Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Dargon it, it's still hot. The hot voice of your local announcer, Tom Fitzmorris. And it's time now for the food show. Every afternoon, we do something that, as far as I know, and I keep asking around, and I, so far I've never turned up an answer to this, is there any other place in America that has a radio show anything like what you do there, Tom? And I always answer them, you know, this is uh, actually a one-kinder, and we've been doing it since... Uh, oh, 31 it? years. 31 years. That's uh, the, the whole show, 31 years. We've been every single day. And uh, it, we, you couldn't pick a better place to do this, though. I mean, here we are in New Orleans, and we get a great uh, connection with all of the people around here. And you can learn just how great a city uh, New Orleans is uh, just by asking a few questions around and checking into the restaurants that people like. And there are two names that uh, come up. Um, Tenny Flynn, I think. And Gary Wallerman. And Gary Wallerman. I think it's actually Gary Wallerman and then Tenny Flynn. (laughs) Is that it? I think so. That, well, just one name, G.W. Finns. Yeah, yeah, G.W. There you go. It's not called H.T. Finns. H.T. Finns? Uh, well, I, Wait a second. Is G.W. Gary Wallerman? I just yes. realized that. <laughs> well, heck, Marianne, I knew I that never, even, and I don't I know nothing. I never even put that together. No kidding. Okay. Anyway, both of us are here. And as I was walking in, uh, the two of you and maybe the three of you were talking about the first time you were ever on one of our programs here quite some time ago. Is that true? About 19 years ago. 19 years ago. You had your reservations about our success. Yeah, I want to hear about that. (laughs) Tenny was saying that your first review was not all that flattering. So let's, what do you say, Uh Tenny? (laughs) It's not, it's, oh, I I, I forgot, you know. No, sure. no you, you, some things showed promise, so I, I'm glad we were able to move forward uh-huh. and, uh, and surpass your initial uh, expectations for us. Well, and did I ever, because uh, more than a few times I have said that this is the best seafood restaurant in the Americas. And I pretty much have stuck with that ever since. And I've never had anybody get in touch with me one way or another and say, are you nuts out of your mind? I mean, can't you see? And you know, well, no, all I have ever seen from you guys is great, fresh, in, 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 there's a word here I want to use, but it's not coming. preparations. Uh, you know, okay, you can have that one. Uh, intrinsically, that's what I wanted. Intrinsically uh, great food that all comes together, and when it comes to any point where you're stopping for a minute or two, you realize that, that this machine is working all the time, and here are two guys that uh, pretty much get get it going all the time. Well, thank you for the what's, kind words. What's the story on uh, on the history of it? Because I missed that part of the program. Uh, well, <clears throat> so Tinny and I both... Wait, you know, before we... Marianne, are you over there I'm anywhere? 
Yeah. Uh, his microphone is off. Okay. Or, but just just off. yank it. Just yank it over to right in front of you there, Gary. There pull it, pull if you don't. Yeah, that's that's a lot better. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway, where were we? So. Or were we anywhere? Way back in and the whoa, day. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what? Way back in 1999. Uh, 1999. Yeah. Tenny and I were both working at Roos Chris Steakhouse at the time. Yeah. He was the corporate chef, and I was the chief operating officer. Kind of a nothing sort of hack operation. Yeah. <laughs> Just <laughs> pretty, lucky to, pretty lucky to be there, that's for sure. And, yes, indeed. Um, we both ended up losing our jobs within about 30 days of each other. Hmm. Yeah. So, How'd that uh, happen? Well, during, during my last year, the, the, the last year of the third CEO – I went from being the fair-haired boy to the living embodiment of the Peter Principle. So ah, one of those. It was not this. This being made redundant was not entirely unexpected. That was for me was anyway. Chris mm-hmm. here. I think this it was, was a big Chris surprise here. for Gary. But, Pardon me. Uh, you were here in New Orleans at Ruth's Chris. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, we okay. worked at the corporate office okay. out in out in Metairie. Yeah, oh, I see. Okay. So we we both spent some time um, looking around to see if there were other opportunities for us, uh, and and particularly in my case, there wasn't really another chief operating officer job in New Orleans. So it meant that I was going to have to leave town. And you know, w- as hard as that sounds to do, and I, I know that that must have really vexed you to get, you know, something going on after that, after whatever fabulous job you had. But try to uh, get a job together uh, having just finished a, a gig as a restaurant critic and see how yeah. easy <laughs> that is to sell. At the same, at the same uh, level, yeah. Yeah, yeah, having having to be in that position at any time, I don't yes, imagine is right. all that comfortable. And yeah. so, um, after we did a little uh, uh, looking around and everything, I called up Tenny and asked him if he'd be interested in partnering with me on a concept, and he was open to the idea. And so we developed GW Fence. And there it is, and you've got these billboards, these very easy to see billboards along the I-10 that just come out and say, you know, the world's best. Uh, or I, those aren't the real words, but uh, seafood at its seasonal peak. Seafood at its peak, yeah, That's and that is a fact. If ever there was one, I've never run into anything there but that. So this is not the easiest thing in the world to do, though, because just finding the fish has got to be the hardest part of all. Huh? Well, the purchasing part is definitely a. Uh, um, everybody always sends us the best of what they have. Because mm-hmm. um, we buy a lot and we pay quick, so we're valuable customers. Um, we still reject a lot of fish uh, from people we've been buying from since we opened. It's just the nature of the business. They don't look at every fish we do, and we're flexible enough to move our menu around. So uh, the final print of the menu uh, is four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm. Wow. So and you we have to have you plan still A do and that. B. Oh yeah. yeah, the menu you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. This <clears> one here. Excuse me. Got printed out too. I know you can hear what it sounds like you two, at home. Two yeah. o'clock this afternoon. So when we and, get back, something may have changed. Yeah, that's well, not really the final print. Ah. To be doing it every single day. That's a big menu. Is it ever? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and the and the wines that are listed day. on the back, we're able to keep the vintages current, uh, which is hard to do in a wine list. But the, you know, that's something that grabbed me at the very beginning. Uh, here, I'm, I'm looking over your your wine list and um. And I'm just just doing a mental calculation, and I'm thinking, I think they might have 200 different restaurants, um, uh, 200 different wines on the back of the menu, <laughs> if I remember it. But if you look at the back of the menu now, it's well, there's got to be at least 200 or 300 uh, bottles here. But look, <laughs> not not quite so. Uh, but but getting there, there's a there's a uh, a 
a good sized list there and kind of the hallmark of the list really are the wines by the glass yep there are about 60 wines available by the glass so hmm. that gives that gives our guest a chance to really explore a number of different wines different varietals pair with the meals that they want to enjoy so it, it's it really works well for our guest mm-hmm and that's one thing about, you know, jumping ahead to, to the book you have there. Um, we oh, have the book, wine yeah. pairings, uh, you know, with the recipes that were that Gary picked or, uh, or one of our managers did. And, you know, and he's got his, I don't know if you looked at his wine pairing philosophy there next to his smiling face, but uh, <laughs> that's a big part of it. And, uh, you know, I, I think people are certainly uh, more, more willing to try different types of seafood than they were 20 or 30 years ago. Yeah, I've seen and a few oddballs in there before. And uh, they're more willing uh, to try anything than they were 20 or 30 years yeah. ago. Oh. And so the same really thing goes with wines. How did the book come about? Well, I've been playing with the idea for years, and uh, we tried. Um, nobody wanted to do a restaurant cookbook. Uh, publishers are scared of seafood cookbooks anyway, apparently. I certainly got that impression. Then I was going to do a book with uh, New Orleans musicians, uh, paired with, uh, that was a, kind of a crazy idea, but... Uh, that have been uh, for a crazy idea. The publisher didn't bite on that either, and, and I finally gave up and, uh, and engaged a professional writer to write a proposal, who ended up being the co-author of the book, Susan Puckett. We in, uh, shopped a 60-page proposal, when a lot of that made mm. it into the book, uh, and she was... Uh, <laughs> She did the formatting. She did the, you know, moving stuff around. She did a great deal of the recipe testing. Um, well, it was but not I wrote easily. about 90% of the yeah. book. Uh, and uh, just uh, the uh, the quality of the product that you're starting with, this is, as I mentioned before, that's if that were me trying to do that job, that would be the first thing I'd look at or worry about. The name of the book is... The Deep End of Flavor. The Deep End of Flavor. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. It was picked by the publishers. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, Gary, you get a little flack like this all the time, all day? That must be interesting. So you wrote the book without a title? We had two or three working titles. Mm -hmm. Um, And and actually, uh, it's interesting because my childhood best friend got to be the photographer. And uh, mm-hmm. I had a picture of he and I out in a cornfield passing a jug with long hair and packs of Marlboros rolled up in our T-shirts, which I really wanted to put in the book, but the resolution wasn't good enough for that. Mm. And the, the publisher had quite a bit of control. I know you've written several cookbooks, uh, Tom, but uh, with me as a, as a new person, they, they had a lot of control over a lot of things. Uh, the style of photography, for one, uh, you know... Uh, it's beautiful. I think it's beautiful. I think it turned out very well. Uh, and and it's, it's mainly a technique book. It's not mm-hmm. a chef-y book that you put on the coffee table. It's a Don't Be Afraid of the Fish book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've listened over the years and been convinced that the most difficult uh, recipes that you come out with routinely are these ones that you make for your lobsters. It seems like every time I'm there and I'm checking, I'm being looked at like I've just, <laughs> in nonst- uh, yeah, all people using the, the, no, well, never mind. Um, but uh, 
Where was I there? Did you were talking about you were talking about lobster? Although I, I don't know, you don't, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you do lobster you, you, there? That, you? That, there's a lobster dish that you have that takes. Uh, if I re- remember reading it, it just goes on and on and on to get to get the thing put together. Were you talking about the lobster dumplings? Yeah, yeah, that's what oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, you, but, but that's not done easily, is it? Well, there it has a lot of steps. The recipes in the book. If you've uh-huh. got a food processor, um, it's not that difficult. It's a whitefish mousseline. Oh, that's good to know. Um, it it melts in your mouth. Well, and we've been we've served millions of them. I mean, since day uh, one. Hmm. Um, well, it's working. I'm looking at your menu for the culinary tonight, and I think you know what? I haven't been there in a long time, and I'm thinking when I go, I'm going to hurt myself because <laughs> there's just there's a lot of stuff that I I haven't had that I have to have. Like the culinary menu looks great. Blue crab pot stickers. Lo- local brulee fig salad, crispy snapper belly. The the snapper belly and the fin wings, uh, executive chef Mike Nelson uh, came up with, and it's really kind of a shtick. Uh, <laughs> we we utilize the whole fish, which mm. number one respects the whole fish. Number two, uh, you know, it allows us to increase our, you know, our sales on the fish. But he's come up with some really great dishes, uh, really inventive ways of of, of butchering. Uh, very tasty preparations, mm-hmm. uh, and we we've for culinary we've we've got three new appetizers and and three desserts that aren't offered on the regular menu, but the the middle of the menu the entrees we didn't try to skimp on them they're they're pretty much things that we ordinarily serve anyway. Hmm. You guys are one of the it great works. crab cakes in town. Mm. You know, crab you. cakes. Do you find? Do you get annoyed at crab cakes now when you go someplace well, and else? And if you don't, she does. No, I do. <laughs> I get really annoyed at crab cakes because they have, excuse me, but bastardized the term crab mm. cakes. A crab cake is a lump of jumbo crab that's held together very gently with bechamel or something else like i don't want to think about it but you know pureed shrimp or something but mostly and crab then, and yeah. right and then just lightly sauteed where there's just this nice crust on it but it sits up high and it's a big old handful of crab meat now what you get usually when you see the words crab cake you get like a a crab stuffing that is deep fried. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And I and I think that's not a crab cake. That's crab stuffing. That's a crab stuffing. But this is a real crab cake. This oh, is like one yeah. of the best crab it's the cakes real in thing. town. Uh, we need to take a break right now, and we'll come bit. back yeah. with more of the food show after. First, please, this. All right. It's the food show. There's a lot of funny things uh, that we get involved in in our program every day. And uh, a lot of things that are straight down the middle, and we have a couple of those um, with us now. Couldn't be more uh, happy than to have um, Tenny Flynn and uh, G.W. That would be what did I say? Gary Wallerman. Gary Waller. Oh, did I? Yeah, I went the GW. wrong way. Gary Wallerman uh, and all of these fellers uh, come from uh, the restaurant that has been identified as the great seafood 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 restaurant anywhere in the area, and. Uh, if you want to... Uh, uh, Give us a call, 260-6368 yeah, is the number. The, uh, the book is called The Deep End of Flavor. This is their new cookbook, and uh, they are here to talk about it. So um, the book was how long in the making? Well, probably from start to finish, or from start to puttering around with it to finish about two years. 
Well, you have to test all the recipes. That's, that's what that is yeah. incredibly so tedious. And, and, and I had to, to have home cooks test the recipes. Oh, you not did? Just yeah. Me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't count unless you do that. Yeah, it's uh, and, and people that I uh, I considered good cooks. Um, you know, I enjoyed eating their food, and uh, everything had to be meticulously volume measured, and, you know, we had to go over it and over it and over it. But the upside of that, now it's over with, is the recipes work. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I think there are a lot of people that do cookbooks that don't go through that process. I mean, I certainly followed a few recipes that you, did mm-hmm. I do something wrong, uh, you know? No, I never follow recipes. <laughs> well, I do the first time <laughs> so anyway. I can blame myself. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot more cooks like me out there. And, and there's a lot of stuff in there about, you know, it's hard to find great seafood. I mean, it's hard for us to find great seafood. Uh, it's hard we to do find it every day. Mad- uh, mediocre seafood sometimes. It's uh, Well, and, and we talk and about, uh, you know, don't fall in love with one particular fish in a recipe. Um, you know, look at the recipe. And there's several different types of fish that might fit that bill. Go to the go to the fishmonger, the grocery store, develop a relationship with the person behind the counter, so they'll at least tell you what came in that day. And some of the the ways of recognizing that, and you know, and for some people, uh, you know, frozen sea might even be a better option than mm. some of the fresh cases I see. Mm. Let me mm. ask you a question about about seafood. Do you ever have an ingredient? that you're just so excited about, like your favorite fish? If somebody said, what's your favorite fish, could you answer that? I mean, it depends on the day. I mean, and I, we get excited about a lot of stuff. I mean, you wouldn't think I'd be getting excited about big soft-shell crabs the middle no, of August. No, I think everybody oh, gets excited what? about that. Because, you know, usually, that. usually by I'd the middle of them. August, you know, we're, we're tired of them, but apparently this hasn't been a great year. Um, you know, we get... 66% of the edible fin fish in the United States come out of the Gulf of Mexico. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. yeah. Wow. No, Alaska has more tonnage than we do, but we have a lot more variety. So we get a wealth of seafood that, uh, you know, we don't have to pay freight on it. Um, we've got relationships with free divers that go out to the oil platforms. Um, you know, talk about excitement. You know, we get fish that same day. I mean, the the finest sushi bar in the world doesn't get fish any fresher than that. Uh huh. Do you have any fish that you that people don't see here that you say to yourself, you know, if only they could try this? Well, and you know, it's like people that say they don't like fish. You know, I, I defy anybody. You know, if we get a fresh, and it could be something, you know, as simple as a piece of sautéed sheep's head. Just put a little salt and pepper on it, dust it in flour, saute it in butter, and brown the butter, pour it over the top. And I I don't think I've ever given that to anybody in the world that didn't go, wow, this tastes great. That's one of my, my favorites. Oh. I bet you my I daughter think, would break your record. I think a lot of <laughs> people, uh, um, you know, grew up eating bad fish. I mean, my mom but, certainly ruined fish. There's certainly, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, there's certainly a lot of it to ruin. Right. Yeah. Fish sticks. Yep. But Marion, to your to your comment, yeah, we um, a number of years ago brought in John Dory, mm-hmm. which is just uh-huh, yeah, a to, from fabulous uh, mm-hmm. Alaska. Is, no, Zealand. no, wait, not Alaska, New, New Zealand, Zealand and yeah. uh, New right. and uh, and, uh, and down there. And, and many many people here in New Orleans had never had that before. We had it on the menu, and and now we've got a wait list of people that say, hey, when you get it in, give us a call. We'll come down to the restaurant. I bet you get a lot of that. Do you have like a big list of people who say, when you get this in, call me? 
they do you have a person who does that <laughs> well <laughs> who does we, that? we do have the notes and then when that product comes in then the the person working at the front desk that day uh-huh. will be making the phone calls I to let see. the guest uh-huh. you know a lot of times that doesn't work real well though because they've got plans that night yeah. and we may only have a, enough supply for two days uh-huh. and so sometimes it doesn't work but we're, we're making the effort and certainly it, it does it pays off occasionally yeah. what's your personal favorite fish you have to say one pompano really mm. that's his too and it's, yeah, it's too. coming up uh, the local the fat waxy white pompano is going to be on the market within about 10 days i want to ask you about that okay do i have time to do it well sure okay oh, mine's mine's bluefin tuna Okay. Bluefin tuna? Oh, absolutely. Especially oh, the way we prepare it. It's exa- it's it weighs you can feel it how much it weighs. Oh, and it, it's and, it's and, a great red mm, wine beautiful. fish. Oh, it's just fabulous. Yeah. I like yeah. halibut. Do you really? I love halibut. Wow. Yeah. I love uh, you well I bet you don't halibut. like pompano if you love halibut. Uh, pompano's okay. I'm not excited about pompano. Well, sometimes we ask people, you know, because if I'm bad in the dining room, because I end up recommending the entire menu. So (laughs) you ask people, what's your favorite fish? Uh So if they say it's flounder or halibut, I'm probably not going to steer them towards the cobia or the pompano or, Uh you know, or some some other fat, full-flavored fish. I want the big flavor me. A dober, mm. See, you know what? Did you ever hear that? Did you ever hear Tom tell that story? I'm sure you've heard the story about when McDonald's was testing their fish fillet, and their number one criterion for it was something that doesn't taste like fish. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the deal was so in the early days of McDonald's, they were having a problem on Fridays because of Catholics mostly being right. speaking as one myself, but they can understand that, and the uh, and in, in the. They, they were looking for something to take the place of the hamburger in there just so they could continue yeah. being open. Yeah. And they, they checked all sorts of things and cheese and all of that. But uh, it came down to... Uh, into, a long time ago, though. Yeah, it's a, a long time ago. But the, uh, they said about the only thing we can come up with is, <laughs> is this fish dish. But the thing that it needs to be popular among their customers was to have no taste of fish of fish at all in any way. I think they succeeded. And they succeeded I do. very well. I have well. to say, though, I do like the filet of fish. Yeah. No, I like a milder fish. If it's got a little, if it's got a little age to it or it's got, you know, it's, it's an, I, but like I said, I'm not a gourmet, you know. By the way, McDonald's has popped back from that. You, you, you ought to look at their, uh, their menu now. It's it's different. Past the, past, they've gone past the fish fillet. We have Stephen yeah. on the phone. Let's Stephen's Stephen on the phone? Sit forever. Hi, Stephen. Stephen, welcome to the food show. Do you mind if we uh, take in some of oh, our that's callers? Great. Thank you. Stephen, come on in. Hey, how you doing? I remember the history a little different. 19 years ago, I think I was the last hire that Gary made. Um, <laughs> I came no, I'm not in getting Stephen's said, question or, or comment on my mic. Go my headphones. Oh, okay. okay. You turn it up a little bit. Uh-oh. Anyway. Okay. Go ahead. I, I was the last hire that Gary made, I think, from the original staff. Ah, Stephen. Stephen from I, the front desk. From the front desk. <laughs> How are you, Steve? I am great. I've had a quadruple <laughs> heart bypass, but I'm fine. But <laughs> oh, anyway, I'm yeah. my initials are GSW, and I always wore monogrammed shirts. Yeah, And when somebody would say something to Gary about, well, how did you get the name G.W. Fins? He would turn and say, well, his initials are G.W. Look at his sleeve. 
<laughs> and, and from what I was told, when when my back was turned, you frequently told people you were GW. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I could believe that. I could believe but, that. But I had the ability, if somebody looked at the menu or walked by or from Arno's across the street, if I talked to them, normally they would come in and make a reservation for the next day. I just had the gift of gab, and I would would bring all these people in that wouldn't have come in ordinarily. Well, but I will say I am not a fish eater, but of all the employee specials and all the specials of the night that I ever tasted, there was never a fish I didn't like. Uh, all right. mm. Very kind. Thank you, Steve. Well, Thank there you, you go. Steven. This is the Food okay. Show. I'm Tom Fitzmorris. It's great to be here with you talking about food and restaurants and cooking and wine. Did you get any good photos over there? Good. Thank you for uh, taking the time. Six eight is the number. Do you guys still have your biscuits or whatever it was that oh, you had? Oh, yes. Yeah, what is it? Are they oh, cheese Oh, are they biscuits? still around? The of course biscuits? they are. No, no, no. They aren't cheese. What are they? Just no, they're, they're a drop bis- biscuit with a little bit of sugar in it. They're delicious. Yeah, they're really, yeah, they're really, really good. Great. Once you start eating them, you can't the stop. The recipe's in the book. They're, oh, they're white lily flour, uh-huh. delicious and nourishing pork lard, <laughs> sugar, <laughs> and whole milk. <laughs> well, that's easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. I'll bet you go through gobs of those. We do. Yeah. Why did you why did you start with a biscuit as a as a bread? What was the origin of that? Ah, yeah. Um, Deep dark what, and secret. No, 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 no. Before I joined Ruth Chris, I was um, with a restaurant company that had a fine dining seafood division that I was in charge of. Mm-hmm. And uh, as as is the case a lot of times in restaurants, we steal each other's <laughs> ideas, borrow each other's ideas. And so uh-huh. in this concept I was in charge of, we served the biscuits. Mm-hmm. And could see those biscuits or just biscuits? Pretty much those, those biscuits. biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so, the, the only concession I made was uh, the shortening. Right. Uh-huh. So, okay. um, you know, I could see how, how warmly they were received. And uh-huh. so I told Tenny about him, and, and he agreed that we would give it a six-month test. Uh-huh. And we'd see what the guest response was after six months. And if we needed to adjust, we would. And if not, we'd keep serving the biscuits. So you I think it says in the rest of the— How did the they rest, feel about the, that? Did you know if they—did did anyone ever find out that you were doing that? I mean, no, I guess it's common, isn't it? Well, sure. And and I will say that the, the owners of that company um, had been into GW Fence— and they all enjoyed the biscuits as well, so it didn't seem to be an issue for them. <laughs> okay, good. What were you going to say, Tenny? Oh, I was going to in the in the header to the recipe. I I said you know that that Gary presented me with this idea, and I said something like, "Nobody wants to eat a biscuit in a fine dining restaurant." Boy, was I wrong. Yes, you were. Those are good. The difference biscuits. between the company he came from and us is that we use white lily flour, that's which the best. we we that's it, the best. It really and is. that's why for Yankees me. can't make biscuits. Is yeah. there white lily white flour White lily flour, <laughs> lard, uh, natural shortening, not a hydrogenated, you know, shelf-stable, waxy all, sort of thing. I just go all the way to butter, personally. Well, you put butter on it, so you have yeah, both I, kinds of I natural fat it. eaten by people yeah. for many thousands yeah. of years. Nothing artificial. Uh-huh. No. Yeah, so the, it's what kind of what kind of lard is it? It's a... Uh, 
Lord, so Lord is Lord is healthy. I mean, I know it's not healthy, well, but let me, healthier than margarine, for example. Oh, God, it's yes. not been messed with. No, it's no, no. Not been me, messed me, with. Do you remember? Nobody in here is old enough to remember when when Crisco was developed by Procter Gamble. That was a soap company. If you've ever gotten Crisco on your hands, you can't hot water soap. You have to wipe it off with a paper towel. What do you think it does when you eat it? And that that was that was touted to the public as an all pure vegetable shortening, much better for you. Um, and then 50 years later, we find out that natural fats are a hell of a lot better for you than hydrogenated absolutely shortening. Yeah, I wouldn't so, touch. So them. the lard is an absolutely natural fat. Yeah, it's okay. rendered pork fat. Okay, is lard. Okay. It's delicious, too. It is. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> good and good for we you. we got to know where everything is. These <laughs> things flaky, too. I know. Mean, it's like, like someone... And, and our someone pie crust, Tom, to your point, is half butter, mm-hmm. half lard. That works. All right. We will take a break. 260-6368 is the number. We'll be right back with Tenny Flynn and Gary Wallerman of GW Fins, who are here to talk about their new book, new The book. Deep End of Flavor. Who's <laughs> laughing and why? I am, but just kind of in general. Go ahead. You are listening to The Food Show. It's a -a one-of-a-kind thing that we do every afternoon here on 105.3 FM HD2. And it'd be great to have you with us at any of those those places. And we're here today, and uh, with us, Tenny Flynn, who is the... Uh, executives, uh, super duper uh, chef. Actually, we call me old chef owner now. Old Mike chef. Nelson is the executive chef and has oh, been a yeah. couple of years. Yeah. He's young and strong, unlike me. <laughs> I noticed we've both gotten a little bit gray around the muzzle since we <laughs> yeah. first began our association. And Gary Wallerman, who is uh, the, well, Co-owner of the of the restaurant GW GW Fins GW Fins. All right, what's the thing that excites you most about your menu? It's uh, the purchasing part and the receiving part. You know, and, and getting the you know when we get the the pristine fish in. Um, also, we we talked a little bit more about the uh, about the way that we're butchering now. We buy everything whole because it's really the only way to judge the quality of it, and. All the different ways that uh, that we're using, you know, different parts of the fish that we used to. If we didn't make stock out of it, we threw it away. Uh-huh. Mm. And uh, Chef Mike has really come up with some, uh, some looking, really, really great dishes. I was looking at that. belly, and I think pork belly, but you're, you mean fish belly. Well, it's the uh, – it is a fish belly. I mean, the fish we get are so fresh that um, it's – and actually, that's the juiciest part of the meat. Okay. You're making faces. No, I am making faces for sure. Because I, like I said, I'm not a gourmet. Now, th- what is the fish version of what is it? Sna- what is it? Nose to tail? The the, the thing with the other? It's, is it pig? I mean, that, so that's what's really the fish what we're trying for. That? I mean, that that could be. I guess nose to tail too. That could be too, nose to huh? tail as well for fish too. Yeah. Is that like a movement? Well. Like I said, it, it respects the animal. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of wasting a huge part of this animal, um, and certainly there's a uh, an economic motive that we have course, as well. Of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, finfish has more than doubled in price since we opened. Really? Um, yeah. Wow. How do, what uh, do you blame that on? Well. Shrinking supply, I would guess. Huh? Uh, hmm. Higher demand. Maybe it's just because it was 20 years ago we opened. I don't know, but <laughs> anyway, that we we look at things a little bit more carefully in that regard. We've always used, uh, you know, our lobster dumplings. We make a whitefish mousseline that uh, 
that uh, the parts that don't, you know, the, the trim from the fillets and stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't want to think about that stuff. I just well, want to think it, about it's your all, lobster dumplings. You know, it's, uh, th- there's nothing. I know. I, I don't know. I, I, have a, I have a different viewpoint as a chef. I mean, the whole part of the animal is good. Yes. You know, even I, uh, even the, some of the ones that seem really nasty, like those lion uh, uh, lionfish. fish. Listen to this, folks. Can you give us a, uh, just a quick uh, rundown of h- how those things work and why you might run into them? And well, why they you were uh, they were an aquarium escapee about 25 years ago. Um, they have 14 venomous spines, yeah. um, which can give you a really nasty sting. Uh, they have no natural predators in this hemisphere. Oh wow, really? So and they they eat six fish for breakfast, <gasps> and then they eat <laughs> oh, wow. six fish for dinner, and nothing eats them. And they breed like crazy. The only thing that's keeping them out of the marsh here is temperature. They're fine with uh, low salinity water. They're out at the uh, they're out at the rigs, um, and they're more noticeable in Florida and Mississippi and Alabama, where there are recreational dive communities. The only way to harvest these fish is for divers to hand spear them. Hmm. Um, you've uh, you've done a couple of almost like festivals on that subject. Well, we. Uh, you know, they just did a, uh, a lionfish rodeo about two months ago where they killed, I think, 14,500 of them or something. I needed some about two weeks later, and I had a guy go out and get them, and he didn't seem to have any problem getting me about 40 or 50 pounds. Wow. Um, they are very tasty. So oh, that's, they are? Uh, oh, that's That's good. the upside. Well, that is a good side. Um, and the, the only way, you know— to control the population is to hand spear them. So, mm. you know, it's something you can hunt it and Golly, feel good about it. that must be expensive then, huh? Well, it's, it's got a worse yield than sheep's head. Um, you get about a 20% yield of fillet off the fish. So, um, And if, if there's no predator and they can breed that quickly. And yeah. they eat and everything you, else. They're going to wind up and depleting gotta, everything else. Yeah, and you've got to catch them one at a time. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They've got the advantage. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a scary thought. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing they're good to eat. Well, I, yeah, but how have they decimated everything else? When, well, when did this happen? When when was about this? twenty years ago? And they, oh, they've wow. gradually they gradually moved around, and they're good at depths that that we aren't. You know, in areas that they get a lot of pressure, they just go deeper. Uh-huh. Uh, they're out at the rigs. I mean, they're, diving in Louisiana, uh, there really isn't a recreational dive community because you have to go so far out mm-hmm. uh, to blue water. So you have to know somebody with a boat, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where, the, that's where our spear fishermen go. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I've dove out there. It's a lot of fun. It's, hmm. It is far. I remember a, f- a first cruise that we took where we went for hours before the brown water and the blue water met in a in a line a very distinct line it was we were getting you know into the caribbean it was really it was a stark uh, vision i would say you know and we menu them uh, whenever we get a chance uh if i go diving in pensacola i'll bring back an ice chest and uh you know i have a i have a spear fishing license i have a um a commercial license. We have a retail license, so they make you jump through a lot of hoops to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so I can legally really menu these things as chef shot, which well, is good. kind of a PR <laughs> thing, but uh, That's good. it's fun when it happens. I'll yeah. bet. 
Yeah. Uh, have you ever had to, I would guess that you probably have to educate a lot of your diners. People are much more uh, likely to trust us and go out on a limb, I think, with, uh, we've menued some pretty odd things. What are the, that, what's uh, the oddest thing that you've menued? Lately, um, we're going like, okay, we've got the fin wings, we've got fin fish wings. bellies, we've got, Mike does the swordfish. Um, what a great actually, fish. It's actually where the where the dorsal fin goes into the body. It's strided like ribs. He smokes those like ribs. Um, but the weirdest thing that we served lately was we split the head on about a sixty pound Warsaw grouper, and did mm. uh, that's a that's a bottom feeder, isn't it? Is no, it no, 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 no. It's no, a it's good not. fish, but it can it's get kind of big. But the uh, the the head the half head was about this big. We served it on a huge platter for two people. I'm like, oh, put it on the menu, see what happens, and they they bought it. So, okay. and it's a great piece of meat. Did you we know, smoke that, or was that we hot smoke? We we hot smoked it like barbecue. <laughs> and if you look so at your barbecue a- days aren't over yet. If you look <laughs> at Asian cultures, they esteem the head much higher than they do the fillet. You know, it's, and it's like the closer the bone, the sweeter the meat. In Europe, if you go to a restaurant and they haven't cooked the the whole fish, and have the the, the, there's another name for these, uh, like uh, breasts. Or what, throats. Throats. And it's from kind of the way I understand it, it right on the ends, uh, the sides of the fish. And this is supposed to be where the most. Uh, the sweetest meat wa- is. The sweetest meat. And it's very, uh, the texture of it is very nice. I've had it a few times, not often. I'm seeing uh, snapper throats a lot. Yeah, there are that's, a couple places. That's pretty much the same part of the fish that Mike makes the fin wings out of. Now, uh, one thing that Mike came up with entirely on his own, developed the whole butchering technique, which, you know, collars or our throats are very hard to eat because of the shape. They have a lot of bones in them. And he came up with a way of cutting them. So you just hold the, it can be finger food. You hold it by the fin and you eat it just like a chicken wing. Uh-huh. Hmm. All right, we have a caller. Let's go to Mike. Mike, welcome. Hey, Is Mike, Mike. There. Mike, you calling? Are you with us? Oh, it's it seemed to. Mike uh, has left seems us. Have, oh well. Uh, Mike, call us back if you would like to talk to Tenny Flynn or Gary Wallerman of GW Fins who are here to talk about their new book, The Deep End of Flavor, which is a mighty fine-looking book, I have yes, to indeed. say. I like the uh, very subtle color of the of the cover and the fact that it's embossed. The photography is beautiful, and I am sure the the innards, the recipes and things are going to be great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any easy recipes in there, guys? Well, we, we start <laughs> off, you know, the fish recipes start off very basically, just a basic saute manure. Mm-hmm. And then we sort of build from there. Uh, they're in different categories. Um, and I've told people they're all simple, but, I mean, simple for, for some you, people, yeah. yeah, some people right. are maybe not so simple. Uh-huh. But, uh, are, there, are there a lot of steps to all of the recipes? No. Um, Have you ever heard that Joe Kahn the, the late, great Joe Kahn. Have you ever heard his oh, his uh, recipe for cooking? It's if you if it takes more than two pots, two hours, or <laughs> two one other thing, he goes, go out to a restaurant. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, that's uh, – and, and I talk a lot about, you know, organization of materials, mise en place, and that I do 
cook a lot of meals in one pot. Mm-hmm. And and the, the object of the game is to have everything clean by the time I sit down and eat dinner. I also talk a lot about having everything else cooked and on the table and your guests seated before you put the fish in the pan. Um, and there's, there's some things that it's kind of like cooking pancakes for kids. You're going to mm-hmm. be standing there cooking while everybody else is eating. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. But, they, there's a lot of that that goes on. Ahead of time, <laughs> That's you know? the curse of being Especially a, the Fitzmaurice house, there's a lot of that that goes on. Well, yeah. and, uh, you know, I mean, that's the fun of being a cook, too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. What is, uh, again, I, I've got a couple more questions. We're not going to be, well, we still ha- have actually a pretty good bit of time here. Thanks for staying so long with us. Oh, uh, pleasure. Uh, what, we were talking about pompano earlier, and two of us said that that's, uh, that fish is their favorite fish, at least two. And, well, that's uh, you and me. Oh, well, that's maybe <laughs> that's, we ought to take that's the, probably that everybody poll over that. again. <laughs> but uh, I've no, I noticed uh, about, oh, five, ten years ago that the fish were coming in that were about as big as I remember, but, you know, nice-sized, and you, you generally saw the whole thing being brought in. One place I saw that many times was over at Galatoire's. They would bring it in through the front door. Big, big fish. But more and more, I'm seeing these fish that appear to be just like pompano, but they're about maybe, oh, 36, no, well, two-thirds of the size. And uh, I've heard from a couple of uh, people in the business that uh, there are two kinds of pompano, and one of them tends to give out these small fish uh, fillets, and the other ones, you know, have the, the big guys that can feed two people. Uh, I've never gotten a straight answer from anybody on that. Is that, uh, is that for real, or is that just some bunkum? Well, I mean, there's, there's a fish called permit. Which, permit. Which looks very much like a pompano mm. on the same family. You know, it's in the jack family. The jack is a very the large old, yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, and a lot of varieties in that family. Um, they're market-sized, um, and they're graded by size. Um, and, and, and pompano has a 50% yield. So if I pay $5 a pound for a pompano, a portion of pompano uh, of a pound fish um, or a two-pound fish, you know, it's gonna, a portion is going to cost me $5. Hmm. Well, that's not too bad. No, no, no. I'm just, well, that's, that's, probably, that. that's probably that's uh, probably Maybe that's it. So, so ideally, you know, in a, in a perfect world for me, I want all my pompano to weigh two pounds. Yeah, well, good you know, luck. So with I that. would get I would get two eight ounce portions, but they're sized okay. They're one to one and a half, two to two and a half, something mm-hmm. like that. But I buy whatever I get my hands on because if uh, like I said, I like it so much that if I've got to get a a one pound fish and give you two four ounce fillets for a portion, that's fine too. Hmm. Well, uh, any if you have any uh, questions further out there, if you're listening to us, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, the, the, uh, yeah, 260-6368 is our telephone number. You can just get right on the phone and just start talking with us. We'd be very happy to uh, do that you with a, you. Let me ask you another wait, question. Wait, wait. I've been, oh. I've been asked uh, to do this just a second ago. Uh, the name of the book is The Deep End of Flavor, and it shows a, a fish on the front and it's a, a blue blue book, very nice-looking book, a lot of good uh, photography in it, and I uh, would recommend it a lot. Now, Beautiful back to book. you, Beautiful book. Chet. So, so you, I asked you what your favorite fish was, 
And now I'm going to ask you what your favorite preparation is. It sounds to me like your favorite pre- preparation is simple salt, pepper, and the pan sear. Is that right? Well, on a pompano, I might, I might put it on a grill. Nice fat fish on a grill. Uh-huh. And, and that's, that fish is so good you don't have to do anything else to it. Yeah, really don't. I just throw it on top and it's done. Okay, so nobody's doing fried fish? everybody's doing fried I fish know, I know I'm saying everybody is doing fried right. fish but it's really it, it kind of is it, it's not right right it's well it depends on the fish. fish I mean they're fish that I, I like fried catfish you know I like batter yeah, fried fish uh, I like fried fish tacos uh-huh. uh, I certainly like fried shrimp and oysters um, Ooh, you know it just my de- favorite and, and everybody denigrates frying. If you've got the right frying oil, the right temperature, the right product to fry, the right breading procedure, and you're frying, you know. Are we frying can, in lard? Because that sounds appealing now all um, of a sudden. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good frying medium. Is uh, it? Because I'm telling you, I hate the idea of these oils. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go get me some lard. It works very well. Uh-huh. Does, but, it, does it hold up to uh, the same temperature? Yeah. it's. You it's, can fry fish in lard? Oh, yes. Really? Okay. Okay. But if you do everything perfectly, I mean, it's a very efficient way to transfer heat. Uh-huh. You know, it, it can be great. You know, but you can, if you, if your oil isn't fresh or it's the wrong temperature, your <coughs> yeah, breading yeah. is, you know, there's oh, yeah. all kinds of ways to go yeah. south on that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And that was quite honestly, yes, about to say anybody fry fish, um, because everybody does. That's yeah. kind of why we don't. It's too easy, yeah. Well, no, no, no. Wait, but you don't we, do any fried fish? Uh, very little. Okay. Very uh-huh. little. And when we put the concept together, we said, okay, we want to open up a seafood restaurant. So are we going to present the same seafood dishes that are common in New Orleans now? And if so, how are we going to differentiate right. ourselves? Right, right. Or are we going to present something new to the market mm-hmm. and so that's what we hope to accomplish when we opened up fins and more of the sauteing wood grilling uh you know, <laughs> was there ever a time in the early days when you went when you were thinking oh god maybe we should have done the fried i mean was it a hard sell no 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 no, no. Never, really even the early days mm-hmm. no really no no no, no. The, the uh we had our we number our, of customers maybe but <laughs> not, not cooking well, preparations no, we never we never got any pushback on the concept at all. No, no I'm no. saying that when you when you had this concept <clears throat> 20 years ago right. when frying was the thing and it was not, I mean, back in the day, you know, Mr. B's did the wood fired and all that. So, you know, you there were people doing what you're doing. Right. It wasn't like just a wild concept. But was it was there ever a moment where, you know, business wasn't what you were hoping that it was and you were thinking, Oh, you know, yeah, there were about six months of those moments. What? There were about six months of those moments. But again, uh-huh. it, it wasn't. Well, that's actually not very much. No. That's good. It wasn't. It wasn't the menu though, because uh-huh. we had we had really researched this concept uh, uh-huh. for a while and had experience with it across the country, and yeah, so we well okay, but we knew we're in the quarter. Uh-huh. We know that we're going to have visitors from around True. the world and around the country. Yeah. They've already shown a, a, a liking to this uh-huh. type of menu uh-huh. and these types of preparations. It was new to the market, <clears throat> so we hoped that the people in New Orleans would embrace the variety being provided and everything. And uh, like I say, we've never really gotten any pushback on the concept. So mm-hmm. fortunately, that worked. Now, 9-11... 
That mm. was that was mm. you know that was six months after we opened the restaurant. Yeah, that caused oh, us to pause brother. a little. Oh, was you it? Know? That's right. God, yeah. That was a long yeah, yeah. So there there were ago, things, yeah. but it wasn't the uh, it, right. wasn't it wasn't the, the menu design. No. It wasn't the lack of fried fish. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But All right. We're getting up to the uh, to the end of the hour, but okay. uh, in the meantime, uh, over here we have Steve on hold. Not Steve. The same Steve. Different Steve, yeah. <laughs> Steve, you there? We have, I call this, him the conjugated Steve. The other Steve. Well, we have welcome. Steve and Steve in. The real Steve. Okay. This All time. Right. Okay, this I got a, a just opposite <laughs> question to Mary Ann's. Is there any uh, high-volume local fish that you go, that is terrible. Keep that. That sucks. Yeah, get that away from us. Yeah. Are there any yeah. local fish that you... Not local fish. <laughs> Any, really? any fish? Nothing. I mean, yeah. nothing local. But you would say, I don't want that. Well, I mean, uh, if you mean by local, you mean locally caught in this area. Yeah. It's all. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. Well, that's Ga- that. Gaspergu is not going to be my first choice. Wait, what? Me neither. Gaspergu. I've never heard it's of a, that. What is that? It's a uh, freshwater drum. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Okay. Uh, okay. Hardhead cast. Like- not my first choice. You got to reach way down your bag of tricks to make them taste good. What is the second one you said? Hard hit cats. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I like I like stingrays. I've had boat captains just raise all kinds of hell with me. Don't put that in my boat. And I'm going. No, it's good to eat. Uh-huh. Trust me. What about paddlefish? Like, I'm sorry. You I'm said, not crazy about Spanish mackerel. You know, I could make you a believer. They got to be I right. They got to be right out of the water and on the grill. A little compound butter, a little grilled vegetable, you would like yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. okay. As I said, I believe that. I believe uh, that. I believe but, that too, but, but having horrible, said that, I like I like right. mullet. I like the mullet. The, the stronger flavor. How about pogey? Uh, I've eaten pogey. Um, <laughs> Have you really? Oh yeah. <laughs> we we did everything. a we did a trash fish dinner one time where we even <laughs> we even cooked needlefish. <laughs> would, no, and ladyfish. I would not recommend ladyfish, mm. but. Uh, Almost was this everything. well attended the trash fish dinner? Oh yeah, there's a sellout. Was it really? Almost Absolutely. anything that I've ever had got my hands on is good if it's fresh and you come up with a way to prepare it properly. That'd be fun yeah. to do again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, thank you, Steve. Well, I, I don't want pogey, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not going to be my first choice either. Uh-huh. All right, thanks well, a lot. Uh, Tenny and uh, Gary and Gary, thank you for taking time out to spend to with us and uh, good luck with your book. Which, by the way, I mean, as you can see, even from a distance, this is a well-put-together book, lots of photography in it, and uh, the price is a mere $30. It's a really good-looking— That is a great price And if you come by GW Fins and buy it there, I will inscribe it for you. Oh, Go to the culinary, which looks great, and then pick up a book. There you go, because that's a great-looking culinary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news— You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.